Throughout the course of a Major League Baseball season, teams go through games that put hair on their chest. And the Cincinnati Reds happened to win one of those games on Monday night. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and Steve Offenbaker will be back along here in a couple of days. It's just you and me talking Reds baseball here today. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds addict, and I've turned that addiction into information for you. This is now my fifth season covering the Cincinnati Reds on a daily basis right here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Locked On Reds is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day, or if you are an everydayer, make sure you let me know down in the comments section. Always appreciate hearing from our everydayers. Or hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Or, of course, if you happen to run into me down at the ballpark or something like that, always happy to talk to you there as well. We've got some great uh, performances from Monday night to talk about where it comes to a, a ball game that, gosh, they just held on to win. And it's kind of one of those important type wins. One of those games you can't lose. And the Reds actually didn't lose it. And then we're going to look at the uh, lefty relief pitcher that Nick Crawl traded for and kind of dive a little bit deeper into his profile. Plus, why I trust Nick Crawl with whatever it is he's about to do here on this trade deadline day. Happy trade deadline day, by the way. Before we get into all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by game time download the game time app today create an account and enter code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and where we're going to start today is a character building win yes puts hair on your chest kind of thing that you just it really helps build the character because it's the kind of game that early on we thought the reds were going to cruise and as a young team, this this Reds team could have totally folded. They went up 6-1 after the third inning. They were going all kinds of crazy with the bat on Marcus Stroman. In fact, so much so, the Cubs pulled Marcus Stroman after the third inning. Yeah, that guy who, you know, they were ready to give the first half Cy Young to. It's kind of fallen off here recently, and the Reds just continued to pour it on. As, as it were for him, and a beautiful first couple of innings, and you had the bottom of the lineup really coming through in amazing fashion. It all started in the second inning with a single from Joey Votto, and then he goes first to third on a single from Christian Encarnacion Strain. We, we've said it before multiple times, and there's been a lot of people talk about Joey Votto, but if you don't believe that he's buying into this team, then you're not watching the games. Like, Joey Votto looks as if he is five or ten years younger. He's trying to be anyway. In most cases, he had a multi-hit night on Monday night. You had a two-hit night from Christian Encarnacion Strand, two-hit night from Will Benson. Will Benson had a double and a triple. The triple was a play that Seiya Suzuki tried to make a sliding grab on a bouncing ball. It wouldn't even been a catch. Just 
would have limited Benson to a double and instead turned into an easy triple for him. But just a great night for the bottom of the lineup as they really did most of the damage. Jake Fraley helped there in the fourth spot. He contributed a hit and an RBI, but everything came from the bottom of the lineup, and everything came early because as soon as the Cubs went to the bullpen, as soon as they brought in Julian Assad, that was it. Reds lineup went to sleep. Uh, And credit to Assad for pitching well and – uh, a couple of guys that the Cubs brought in after him the, that pitched pretty decently. I'm sorry, it was Javier Assad, not Julian Assad. Javier Assad, uh, Daniel Palencia, and then Mark Leiter Jr. Uh, all pitched very well against the Reds for the rest of the way. And then on the flip side, a- another reason that this was a char- really the biggest reason that this was a character building win for the Red Legs, not because of how the lineup played. Obviously, that was nice. But it was the fact that Andrew Abbott didn't have his best stuff. Andrew Abbott was kind of bad on Monday night. Okay, he was bad. Let's say it. He didn't get out of the fourth inning. He pitched three and a third innings. All four innings that he began, the leadoff hitter reached, whether it be a single or a walk. Lots of walks for Andrew Abbott in this game. Three and a third he had. Um, three walks in the four, but he also had five hits. He gave up a home run. It was a lot of hard contact, lots and lots of barrels being had by this Cubs lineup. And it was one of those starts that he's, he's coming off a very, uh, two very long starts back to back. And then he's in this hostile environment and he's got an early lead, probably an easy time for him to be like, all right, let's just ease into this game. Let's just coast on by. And then as soon as he throws pitches, the Cubs are just clobbering them all over the yard. And you're like, oh boy, this is one of those games that in recent years, the Reds lose. This is one of those games that you could point at and be like, are the Reds for real? And they answered that because they took out Andrew Abbott in the fourth inning. And then the combination of Buck Farmer, Fernando Cruz, Alex Young, Lucas Sims, Ian Jabot, and Alexis Diaz total gave up one run and they did so in five and two thirds innings pitched. That's not something that a, a bullpen is supposed to have to do get 17 outs on a given night, especially when your ace is pitching. But sometimes your ace doesn't have his best stuff. And the good teams find ways to win whenever their ace doesn't have his best stuff. That's exactly what the Reds did. It it was a great performance. Buck Farmer, uh, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but Buck Farmer, Ian Jabot, and Alexis Diaz all add to their league-leading appearance total. They're all up to 50. Now, all three of those guys have pitched in 50 games so far this season, each. They've pitched a lot, and they had to tonight, or they had to Monday night, and it worked to perfection, especially with Alexis Diaz. Oh, my goodness. I I get it. He gave up a line drive that TJ Friedel was able to catch, and it seems like that was probably one of those things that could have been a hit but turned into an out. But ultimately, he looked dominant. The slider was going vertical and horizontal, 
And I know it, it, it just all over the place. Hitters couldn't catch up to it. He was fooling the umpire. The umpire gave him a couple of favorable strikes that probably were outside the zone. And that definitely flustered Cubs hitters. So that, you know, thank you to the home plate umpire there. But all in all, he looked good in the ninth inning. Lucas Sims a little bit. Yeah, he hit a guy. He walked a guy. It was a little bit hairy there for a minute. Then he gets back-to-back strikeouts and an easy out to end that inning. Alex Young was able to clean up something that Fernando Cruz, a kind of a little bit of mess that he had. Just all in all, this bullpen continues to just be able to pitch as a unit. I think it's it's interesting because people want to point out stars, right? When it comes to professional sports, a lot of people are like, well, it's a star-driven league. When it comes to baseball, and this is why baseball is such an amazing sport, you can have stars. You can have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. But that doesn't automatically mean you're going to win every night. The Reds just have a good unit of a bullpen. And yes, it helps that they have Alexis Diaz at the top of that unit. But everybody else just seems to mesh so well. They seem to play they pitch complementary baseball, if that's a thing, out of the bullpen. And, and the Reds just seem how to do it. The whole unit is such a strong group of... Of pitchers, and they showed why on Monday night. Because it's easy to look at this game, and after three innings, you're up six to one, and you're just like, we we totally got that. Well, after two and a half innings, really, because it was the bottom of the third that the Cubs got their three runs, got their chunk, and the Reds were able to, you know, take that lump and survive. And that's all you had to do. Good teams hold on to those wins. That's what the Reds did. You know, the Reds made a trade on Monday. They got their first uh, trade of trade deadline season. They added a lefty reliever, Sam Mole, from the Oakland Athletics. Going to dive into his profile and what he brings to the table coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Game Time. You should get game time today. If you're looking to get down to the ballpark with any sort of, you know, last second tickets and you're looking for the best kind of deal, check out game time. They're so confident that they have the best deal for you that they have the game time guarantee that if you find a ticket in your same section, your same row on a different app for cheaper that they have it on game time, they will credit you 110% of the difference. Plus, you can save $20 today by creating your account and entering the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB. You'll save $20 off your first purchase. And the Reds are actually coming back. I know it feels like they've been on the road forever, but they're going to be back at Great American Ballpark this weekend. And you can get tickets on game time today. I was just actually looking to see what the prices were. Got some decent prices uh, for the weekend series coming up. And then whenever the Marlins come to town at the beginning of next week, Tickets are nice and cheap for those weekday games. Check them out today on Game Time. Create your account and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guarantee. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on tomorrow's show. We are going to look back on the trade deadline that was and assess where are the Reds now? Especially that we can look at each and every day's games, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the games. We won't be talking about trades or deals or anything like that. It's going to be about how the roster can make it to the playoffs. We're going to start that series coming up 
tomorrow. And remember, if you can't make it down to the ballpark like Game Time will help you do, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. All right, the Reds traded for Sam Mull, lefty relief pitcher from the Oakland A's on Monday. They sent Joe Boyle to Oakland. Um, a, a quick thought on him, and, and there's a there's a clip uh, that I was able to talk with Lockdown's Kainani Stevens, and we were kind of breaking down this trade, and I was like, you know, Joe Boyle is a fun prospect to have watched. He was, it was fun to kind of see him grow in the Reds' system, but he constantly always had control problems and I never saw him as a starting pitcher. So I don't think this was a huge loss. And I know there's a lot of folks that were kind of trying to show like, Oh, Hey, look, you know, Saris really didn't like this trade for the reds really thought that the Oakland A's won this deal. But I think at the end of the day, what Sam mole brings to this bullpen is something that hasn't had a lefty that gets lefties out. And if that's what you can get, and you're telling me that you traded Joe Boyle for that, if we're mad about trading Joe Boyle, then we should be mad at every trade that the Reds make because Joe Boyle is not the guy that you should be feeling is like untouchable. I I, I don't know. Like I, I saw a couple of folks wondering about that, and I'm like, this is a important deal for this Reds bullpen. I mentioned there's three guys that lead the league with 50 appearances each, that's Buck Farmer, Ian Jabot, and Alexis Diaz. You've got Alex Young right behind them at 49 appearances. Alex Young, the only lefty, and has been the only lefty in the bullpen for the Reds. Revar San Martin has not been healthy this year. And let's kind of face it, like, if he were healthy, would we really be saying that this bullpen is just solidified because we have Revar San Martin and Alex Young? Now, Sam Mole isn't necessarily the big name that everybody was expecting. You know, nobody, nobody was saying a day ago, they're just like, man, they need to get Sam Mole from Oakland. Let's look at him because the first number that everybody sees is his ERA. They see the ERA of 4.54 and they say, what did the Reds do? Why on earth are they trading for him? You're looking at the wrong number if that is the number that is throwing you off. Just about every other metric, he doesn't allow hard contact. His expected numbers, like expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, it's all very good. You're talking about very high percentile rankings. He does not let opposing batters barrel up the ball. He is in the 99th percentile in limiting barrels. That's a fantastic thing. Plus... And it's something that we talked about on the clip. It's something that's been talked about ad nauseum by everybody that's looked at Sam Mole and wanted to know what's the deal here. He limits left-handed production. Left-handed hitters have a 197 batting average against him and a 557 OPS. That's on-base plus slugging, 557. If you're a left-handed hitter, you're not going to have a good time with Sam Mole at the plate. And he's got he's got an interesting pitch mix. He really throws his sweeper and his sinker the most. He has a four-seamer that he'll mix in there. And uh, he had a changeup that I think he accidentally threw a couple of times this year. But for the most part, it's the sweeper and it's the sinker. And he obviously gets the swings and misses on the sweeper, which is just a term that really has come up this year. It's like... As far as I know, I, I don't remember hearing this last year, but it's it's a term that just means a slider that breaks a lot more. 
it has a lot more horizontal break to it. So he, he's got a good one of those. The expected batting average on that is hilariously low at 181. And he gets a lot of strikeouts on it. 20 of his strikeouts come from that one pitch. And he is going to be a weapon for David Bell to call upon. He's got a lot of underlying numbers. I'm not going to go through all of them because some of them will make your eyes glaze over. But when I see these underlying numbers, I say this was a good get. The Reds need these good gets. They need to fill out the bullpen with guys that are solid. Sam Mole is a solid relief pitcher. Plus, so he's 32 years old. He's not like a young, controllable player, but he's 32 years old. He still has multiple years of team control after this. Now, I don't necessarily know how much the Reds are going to worry about that. Like, relief pitching is a fickle thing. And right now, everything looks pretty good with him. But, you know, if next year everything doesn't look all that great, then whatever. But he's on a league minimum contract. The Reds now have two left-handed relief pitchers that they can call upon, that they can feel good about calling upon, and they're not paying through the nose for them. And I'm not sitting here advocating that the Reds just don't need to spend money, but this is how the model's going to play out for them. They're going to spend money on their stars. They're going to spend money on Hunter Green. They're going to spend money on, you know, Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and things like that here in the future, I believe. And that's really where they're going to have their focus of their payroll. A team like the Reds is not going to have $10 million tied up in a left-hander reliever. It's just not going to happen. So if they can find good production from a dude like Sam Maul, I'm sorry, he's 31, he's not 32, but if they can find good production from a league minimum contract for Sam Mole from the left-handed side of the mound coming out of the bullpen in key situations, like, had they had him to shut down Christian Yelich? That'd have been nice. But I, I, I think this was a good move. And again, shows the ability of Nick Kroll, which is something that I want to get into coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know, if you cannot be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And in between episodes, you can get more Reds coverage from myself and from Steve. You can follow us on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. We also have a great Discord community, the Lockdown Reds Discord Uh, The link is in the chat. I encourage you to join it. Lots of great folks talking Reds baseball. And as the rumors are flying, as everything's happening, you can find me on subtext. You can get a direct line to me. You can be the guy in your friends group or the gal in your friends group that gets Reds news first. So when people are just like, what about the Reds? Hey, what do you think? And you can be like, I know. Let me tell you. Join today, 513-594-594. 0944 or uh, follow the link down in the description. All right. So this trade deadline, I think has not tested people. I mean, everybody does this at the trade deadline where they're just like, this is what they should do. No, 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 no. You're totally wrong. This is what they should do. (laughs) You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. You know who knows what they're talking about? Nick crawl. Nick crawl has built the team that we see on the field for the most part and has been the author of its quick rebuild. 
I don't think that people give him enough credit. And you'll say, well, what about development? He set up the development crew. He set up the way that this organization develops players. Put Derek Johnson in charge of pitching. Put the hitting coach in charge of hitting, Joel McKeithen. And that's how they develop. They develop from the top down. And Dick Williams kind of instituted the idea that they need to change things on the development side for the Reds. Like for years and years and years, everybody said, well, when you're at, you know, Daytona, they teach it this way. And then when you get promoted, then they teach it a different way. And then you're in Chattanooga and then you're in Louisville and everybody's teaching it a different way. Dick Williams came up with the idea to unify that. And Nick Kroll has kind of focused that unification. And I think we have seen the fruits of that this last year or so. We've seen a lot of dudes come up and just look polished from the word go. Can't tell me that's not Nick Kroll. You can't tell me that's not this organization. And Nick Kroll is at the head of it. I, I think the biggest thing that everybody keeps trying to worry about... I think we as Cincinnati sports fans are forcing ourselves to worry about everything. I mean, if you're a Bengals fan, you're forcing yourself to worry about Joe Burrow's calf injury. If you're a um, if you're a Bearcats fan, you're forcing yourself to worry about a lot of stuff. But if you're a Reds fan, you're forcing yourself to worry about owner medley. You're you're forcing yourself to worry about where the Castellini's going to do. They going to interfere. You're going to tell us, no, you can't make that trade. Or you must make this trade. I don't think they're doing that anymore. I, I think if they were, I don't think we would have seen some of the productive trades that went through the Reds these last year and a half or so. Call it what it is. Every, everybody hated, and I myself included, hated the Jesse Winker and A. Eugenio Suarez deal. How's that looking right now? Pretty good. The Mariners are traded. They just traded their closer, Paul Seawold, for uh, some minor league talent. And they're, they're talking about, are they going to trade more guys for minor league talent? Guess what they traded to the Reds in mass last year? Minor league talent. I think Nick Crawl has done such a good job. And, and I think that the biggest part of our trust in Nick Crawl is the fact that we trust that he is actually calling the shots. I believe, I don't have any sort of empirical evidence on this, but I believe that the Castellinis have said, okay, here's the deal. Here's your budget. Run it. Because they hear their criticism. They have to. They have to have heard the criticism over the, the past. I mean, really, it's, uh, the criticism has been happening for the last decade, but it's really come to a fever pitch over the last few years. But they had to have heard it. All we wanted, we, we get it. They don't have an unlimited budget that they can throw at a payroll and just pay whoever they want. Whatever, that's fine. Just give Nick Kroll a budget and get out of the way. And I'm pretty sure that's what they've done. Whatever happens at this trade deadline, if if the Reds, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into specifics because there's a very good chance you're listening to it and something else has already gone down. The Reds have already made another trade or something like that. 
But whatever it is that happens, I'm trusting in Nick Crawl to get it right. And if it's something that at the very, you know, at the very moment of the trade being announced, and we're just like, wow, that's a slam dunk, then that makes sense. Or if there's a moment where people want to say, boy, I don't know, the Reds kind of made a weird trade there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to join in in that chorus. And I would encourage you not to either. I would encourage you to step back and think about it for a minute. Because what Nick Kroll has done to build this team, at the time, some of the trades he made were very unpopular. But if we look back on them now, they were smart. So if there's a trade that the Reds happen to make on deadline day, and maybe you think that you're not sure about it, just think, you know what? Nick Crawl probably sees something here. Let, let, let me, let me, let me cook, right? It's the Toy Story uh, Woody meme, you know? Hold up. Let him cook. Let Nick Crawl cook. He knows what he's doing. And I think that we are so unaccustomed to feeling that way about how the Reds are run. But I think based on what they've done these last 16, 18 months, I, I've seen ownership let Nick Crawl cook. So we as fans should too. I think it seems pretty, pretty straightforward there. And, and that's why, you know, would I love Justin Verlander? Oh, yeah. Nick Crawl's probably got a better idea as to what he's going to do. Probably not Justin Verlander, probably not going to tie it up in a 40-year-old pitcher that, sure, he's got an extra year of control, and it'd be nice to see Kate up in a great American ballpark, but um, there's probably better options out there. And I think we'll see it because I trust what Nick Crawl has done. For me, and I don't, I think the criteria is highly subjective and it's based on teams that win and things like that. He's the executive of the year, and it's not even close. I think in any statistic you want to say about somebody who could be the executive of the year is a made-up statistic, but if I were imploring somebody that voted for that award, I'd say look at you know cost per win because there's absolutely no chance that anybody has a better or more efficient cost per win than Nick Crawl's roster. You're not going to find it. And yeah, there's still people that want to, you know, beat the old storyline of, well, <laughs> look at all that dead money. No, oh my still paying moose still paying Ken Griffey jr. <laughs> that can't be good, right? I don't know, 10 games over 500 and a game and a half in first place as the month of August begins. I think things are going pretty good. And I think Nick Crawl deserves your trust. He deserves whatever award is coming to him because I believe he understands where this team is going. And it's going to get there because of him. Thanks so much for uh, checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you, you can catch every pitch of the Reds Hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word 
Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the show. We're going to recap this trade deadline. We're going to look back and see what Nick Crawl did. Maybe it is just Sam Mole, and maybe there's a good reason for that. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's Locked on Reds. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Make sure you follow us on your favorite social platforms, and make sure you hit me up on subtext. Love to have you. But until tomorrow, remember to stay locked on Reds every single day.